Hello, welcome into the Tuesday edition of your favorite football podcast. I'm James. Alongside me tonight is Pat. And we're going to switch things up a little bit. Um, you know, as you know, last week we really didn't talk too much about the NFL when it comes to our podcast. So we're actually going to switch it up and talk about the NFL today. Mainly because one, one of two things. As, at the time of recording, they are unveiling the top, the first college football playoffs, top 25. Um, so I kind of wanted to see where that was going. That way we could talk about it, you know, when it, when we meet for Thursday. Um, and plus the trade deadline at the time of recording is three hours past. Um, so I really wanted to get into that and talk about the action that we saw over the weekend. So let's go ahead and start with the trade deadline, trade deadline. And look, I mean, really no, it wasn't busy by any means. Um, there no. were some deals, but only a couple that really stood out as a major trade for the season. And the one that comes to mind was Von Miller being sent to the Rams. Um, Von Miller, you know, he's been in the league quite a, quite a while now, um, being one of the most premier edge rushers in the league. Um, obviously has fallen off a little bit because he's been getting older. But the Rams get him just for a couple of trade-offs of a, you know, two second-day picks. They didn't establish what the picks would be yet. Um, so Pat, when you got the alert on the phone saying the the Broncos were sending Vaughn to L.A., I mean, what was your initial reaction, and how much do you think that's going to help the Rams in order to win a Super Bowl? Well, it's definitely one of those things that they were looking for for sure, uh, especially going into, you know, the. Um, with the trade deadline, they were definitely looking for that. And as you can clearly tell, I mean, they went out and got their guy, and it, they got a really, really good one, too. I mean, yeah, he's been in the league for quite some time. He's seen some years. He's a bit up there in age when it comes to a linebacker. But, you know, it's still Von Miller. He's still good. He's still going to pack a punch. He's going to show up to play no matter what. So my first reaction was, well, I didn't really know who it went to. I was at work at the time. I didn't really, uh, I didn't get to see who he went to. I just saw Von Miller was trading. I was like, oh, okay, that's strange. I wonder who he went to. You know, my first thought was, <clears throat> excuse me, my first thought was actually the Chiefs, considering, you know, they're trying to figure out the defense and what's wrong with it. You know, I figured, well, okay, maybe they went out and tried to get their guy to help the defense because it's not very good. But then Raceland actually called me to tell me. He was like, well, I'm pretty sad right now. Like, what do you mean? Well, Von Miller got traded to the Rams. So that's when I found out, you know, who, who the team was that he actually got traded to. Um, good for them, though. Good for them, especially with the fact of you didn't have to give up too much. Like you said, they didn't really explain – in a lot of detail what the two picks were they just said they were second night picks so we don't know what that entails um but it's very good for them i mean you know the defense was already pretty good to begin with but you know von miller adds that experience on the on the uh, linebacker side so good for them good one yeah and honestly it's one of those things to where that's actually a perfect fit for a guy like Von Miller. I think in Denver, you know, he was, I mean, obviously you had Bradley Chubb on the um, opposite side of him, 
But Von Miller, I mean, he was the key guy on that defense. And let's be as real as possible. It kind of feels like, hey, Von Miller is towards the end of his career. I think we all can agree on that. Um, he is not playing to the level he did during his Super Bowl run, which yeah. is hard to top that. And they got a young guy, Bradley Chubb, who they hope to be the next Von Miller. Um, so this kind of felt like to me when I saw that, I was like, it kind of feels like Von Miller – they're, they're doing him a solid by sending him to another Super Bowl contender. Um, mm-hmm. Bob Miller has been nothing but great for that organization. He never badmouthed the organization. He didn't play his way out. He's very he. I mean, he even sent a message saying always, you know, with the color orange, and you know what a classy way to go out. Um, yeah. So it kind of and, and look, I mean, Bob Miller. I mean, it, if, if he. He he adds another element to that defense. I mean, it's already the best defense in the league, and it just got a little bit better. I mean, I I don't know if it's the groundbreaking thing. Um, If anything, it takes away pressure from Aaron Donald, right? And when I mean pressure, I mean the offensive line is just not going to keep targeting him. Um, So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that defense looks, especially January once they get, you know, a lot of rubs together. Um, But, I mean, mean, it – that was the last thing you wanted to see if you're the Cardinals, because quite frankly, that team is already you already you already beat them once, but now they're that much better. Um, I think that could be that division's still way up in the air. I think the Rams are only a half game back because of the loss to Arizona, um, which made that Thursday night game mean so much because they should have beaten Green Bay um, without Devontae Adams, without Alan Lazard. Um, yeah. But, Arizona couldn't get the job done. Um, really, they beat themselves. I mean, if you really watch the game, they beat themselves, um, and their defense really didn't play very well, which they really haven't been playing spectacular all year. Um, so that this is way up in the air. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's, I'm, I'm interested to see what second-day picks are entailed on that. Um, but the trade that kind, kind of um, – I, I kind of was surprised that the Jets – was in the running here for a little bit. Um, they acquired a, a, a guard from Kansas City. Um, I'm trying to get his name now. I'm going to butcher this. Um, Darvernay Tardif, if I, had to, if I had to put a guess on it. Darvernay Tardif, if, if that's wrong, I do apologize. Um, but, I mean, he was a he was a starting guard last year um, in their Super Bowl year, but he hadn't um, – not even last year, but in 2019. Um, but he hadn't played since then. So it's kind of weird that – they went and got a guy from Kansas City who has not played in the game since the Super Bowl two years ago, um, especially after you know Zach Wilson's down. Um, the offensive line is okay, but it wasn't great. So I just wonder how much better the Jets really got by adding a guy at guard. Um, so I don't know if this is just a depth move or if this is a, hey, we need a guard desperately. But um, I'm interested to see what happens there. But – the the storyline that kind of caught obviously Sean Watson did not get traded. I think that's the one that everyone was watching. Yeah. Um, did not get traded, which I don't think I don't think anybody should, should be surprised by that. Not um, really. But I think though, I mean, even if you're the Dolphins though, Pat, even though you didn't get Deshaun Watson, I very much think that the Dolphins will be in a quarterback market come the 2022 offseason. Oh, I absolutely agree. Me and you have talked about that repeatedly. I mean, even through, I'd say a little bit more than midway last year, we were talking about how the Tua experiment could end abruptly and quicker than people might think because 
without Fitzpatrick back there to help him, you know, when they alternated, Tua isn't that good. I mean, he's not very good at all. Um, I, I agree with you. I think they'll be in the market for a quarterback, whether that means trading for um, Deshaun Watson in the offseason. The Texans have said they will uh, they will explore options in the offseason uh, to possibly trade him. Uh, I, I think that that's the more likely option that the Dolphins are going to go with. I don't think they're going to draft one, mainly because the draft class this year for quarterbacks is not very good, not ideal right now. I think their best bet is Deshaun Watson. Now, with it being a year since he's, I know, it'd be two years since he would see the football field. I don't know what they're going to realistically want. Because, I mean, I'm sure he's still training, but there's a difference between training and um, actually playing in a game. There's, it's two totally different things. So I'm just wondering if maybe they have to back off a little bit on what they want and have to be realistic as to like, well, this guy hasn't seen the football field for a little over a year, maybe two, depending. So I do think the Dolphins end up with him. I just think that the Texans might need to rethink all the stuff that they would want for him. I think if you if you're if you're the Dolphins, maybe you should say, hey, you know, maybe Deshaun isn't the way to go unless because even like obviously the legal issues have to play out. Mm-hmm. Now, if the legal issues get resolved, this might be a different discussion. But with it being where they are now, and Knowing that Deshaun is still under contract, you're going to have to give up a ransom to get him. Yeah. If you're the Dolphins, do you try to make a push for Aaron Rodgers? Say, hey, look, Aaron Rodgers is a free agent after this season. He He's proven he can still play. You still have some pretty young You still have Devontae Parker, Mike Kazaksi. Um, you still have a young defense that can be groomed. And you, and you still have somewhat of draft capital because they have won the last two offseasons. So if you are the Dolphins and you push Aaron Rodgers and say, look, we want you to bring you in, and not only do we want to pay you good, but you're going to help us build the roster. And we're going to right. let you build it for the next three or four years because that's pretty much what, how much you have left in your career. Aaron might might listen. I mean, based on if, if you believe what the reports say and you believe everything, uh, that might be tempting for him. Go to South Beach, go to a new scenery. Who knows? He might bring along Devontae Adams. I mean, if you're Miami, I I, th- I would recommend looking that option um, ra- rather than try to give a King's ransom for Deshaun with the unknown. Right. Well, I, I read something from uh, SI.com. It was uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. Uh, he said, and I quote, the Dolphins wanted Watson to settle the 22 civil lawsuits accusing him of everything that's gone on. Uh, per multiple sources, once the Texans caught wind of the growing possibility that the 22 lawsuits would be settled, their price for Watson went up. Now, I I don't know why they thought that raising the price would help their situation at all. I don't know what the thought process was behind that. I 
you know, to me, I would think they'd be happy. You know, you don't have to deal with that problem anymore. Watson's gone. You know, you can get what you want from it. They were willing to give you what you originally wanted, which to me was a little bit, I don't want to say too much, but that's quite a bit. And you are in, you know, you raise it to where the Dolphins are like, yeah, eh, not right now. We're going to let this die down for now, and then we'll we'll talk later at the end of the season. So I think it was a bonehead move for the on the Texans' behalf of raising the asking price for Watson. Just my opinion on that one. I mean, it might. I mean, especially knowing now that the draft class for this year is kind of terrible. Um, it's not as good as it was, in, you know, in, in the years past. Mm-hmm. Um, the other storyline throughout the trade, um, one that did not occur, but, you know, there are different reports on ESPN and whatnot. That's saying that the Browns and the Saints almost had a deal to send OBJ to New Orleans. Um, but the reason they did, couldn't get it done was because of the amount that OBJ is owed throughout the rest of the year. And look, I don't think it's any surprise like they were shopping that idea because we OBJ has not been well, he hasn't been the same OBJ. Um but at the same point I, I mean, let me let, let me read your stats. He's actually second in receiving um uh, for most receptions when it comes to the Browns this year. He's only behind David and Joku. So he had 17 receptions on 34 targets. Just over 230 yards, 13.6 per average, zero touchdowns with a long of 26. Um, again, OBJ, for what we're knowing, though usually about this time of the year, the long is about 50. Uh, has not been the same guy, missed two games. Um, I just, I do think the, the OBJ era in Cleveland is going to be over after this year. I, I don't, I have no doubt in my mind. Um, and look, I mean, let's face it, the Browns, if they don't make the playoffs this year, you might be looking at a completely different Browns team next year because you, you, you got to figure out what you got in Baker, which doesn't look promising right now. I mean, yep. you paid a lot of money. I mean, you're, you have a lot of money invested in this team and you're sitting there at, at three and, what is it, three and five now? Four and we five. Are- Four and four, sorry. Four and four. We are four and four. Four and four and dead last in the AFC North. Yep. It's about normal for the Browns. But it's not because they were the favorites going in. Um, But, again, I I know you're saying all week that the Browns are cursed, but I don't think that's the case. I think the Browns are in a situation where Baker's not playing like the guy he was last year. Um, Right. You know, he's not this, he's not playing at the same level. Um, and I think if, because I, I, I called you what, uh, Sunday night and I said, man, to me watching the game Sunday, there is no difference between when Case Keenum played the Thursday night game and what we saw in Baker Sunday. Right. And that's an issue, especially when yeah. you have to decide if you're going to be paying this guy a lot of money. Um, right. one good thing I did. One thing I did like to see, though, I, I did see uh, Johnson got in the game a lot more, which I liked to see. That was a good. That was good by Cleveland. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to the the thing you were saying about Keenum and Baker, um, 
You were absolutely correct. There was no difference between Keenum or Baker. But you have the decision at the end of the year to either pick. Well, I don't know if you can. Can you do a fifth-year option still? No, you you have to decide that, you know. You have to do it before season. Year. Yeah. I, I figured. So that you have to decide that back in, like, March before the draft. Yeah. So that option's gone. They wanted to wait it out and see what he was about. He wasn't worried about money or anything like that, but apparently he wasn't worried about playing good either. So here's your dilemma. Keenum is playing just as good as Baker, but Baker is supposed to be your guy, the starter, the guy to lead you to the promised land. And he can't. I don't I don't see him doing it. I honestly do not see Baker Mayfield leading this team to a Super Bowl. No, and I think the people that thought that, I mean, they, I think it was a lot of them were high, had way high hopes. Um, yeah. Because honestly, I mean, I mean, if you remember about this time last year, I mean, during the off season um, in the early stages of this podcast, I stated I didn't think he was going to be the guy to take him to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. In fact, I mean, I, I. I and that came off the heels of them almost making it to the ASU championship game. Um, but what really their defense let them down there. I mean, Chad Henney ran for 19 yards and got a first down. Yeah. Um, but the, the, defense, the defense is playing really good football. It's the yeah. offense. They, they're they not exploding like they were last year. If you remember the Browns offense of last year, and I know you do, but if the listeners at home, they were known for making the big explosive plays. With OBJ, Jarvis Landry. It's just not that this year, and I don't know why. Now, obviously, Baker missed some throws, but I don't think the receivers are doing their best job either this year. Um, They're not. It's just, and, and, and it says a lot when your leading receiver on the team is a guy that Cleveland fans wanted gone about last this time last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing with the, the OBJ trade, and, and I'll bring this up right here, is I was really hopeful that we would get something from it. Any, anything good from the OBJ experiment. We've got nothing. We've got all this money invested in this one player who has not, you cannot tell me he's lived up to potential, and all these people who are like, oh, well, you know, you just don't like OBJ. Why Why don't you defend OBJ? He's on your team. You know, he's, he's a good receiver. How can you say that uh, he's overrated and, you know, he, he doesn't deserve to be a Brown? What has he done? What has he well, done to What has he done to prove to anybody that he deserves the contract he's on and to stay a Brown? To me, well, nothing. Well, the contract he's on is not the contract that Cleveland gave him. It's the contract that the Giants gave him. Yeah. Uh, about the sneeze. But um hate when that happens. Like a sneeze, like I, you feel it right here and you know it's coming, it tickles you, and you're trying to finish the sentence. Yeah. But when I think but honestly, I when the if you let's rewind the tape. Let's rewind the VHS tape. If you remember correctly, the whole Cleveland, you know, aura that we have today really didn't start until the OBJ trade. I mean, remember, like, the Browns were 6-10 and 10 coming in that offseason. Then all of a sudden, you see the news that OBJ got traded to Cleveland. And everyone's like, man, 
Obi, the Giants really just sent him to Cleveland because Cleveland at the time was still, you know, the, you know, it's just same old Cleveland. But right. really, that's what started the the aura and the started the whole transition to what we see today. Because honestly, OBJ, I mean, I don't think he's the number one receiver last year, and he's being paid as such, which I always said he was overpaid. But that's besides the point. Jarvis was your number one last year, and Jarvis should be your number one this year. But OBJ did do some things last year that helped Cleveland get to where they went. But it's like this year, for some reason, after – now, obviously, we got to keep in mind, OBJ is coming off the ACL. That's a hard injury to come back from. Mm. So I don't – for me, I can see why Cleveland fans – and I would be in the same boat, trade Odell, get some stuff in return – and try to keep this train going for the years to come. But playing devil's advocate here, maybe OBJ, I mean, it usually I say it usually takes about a year to get back under you after an ACL. I mean, if you listen to different, you know, opinions on the injury. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it does take that long. Um, and, and, but the beautiful thing about Cleveland is, Pat, and you know this, Odell doesn't have to be the one guy. If he's if he's still turning his legs under him, which rightfully so after you know the injury happened so late in the year last year, he can be your number three and still be fine because you got Jarvis and and and, and Peoples Jones and also you got T Higgins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got Higgins. I don't know. Is T Higgins the Browns or the or the Bengals? Uh, T, is, T is Bengals. We got we got Rashard Higgins. Rashard Higgins. Yeah. Well, both Higgins are pretty good. Um, they are. So, um, the one thing that that, ba- that bothers me the most about the receivers this year, and you can attest to this with me, you've seen it happen on multiple occasions, especially against the Cardinals. So damn many drop passes, so many drop passes that should have been caught. I mean, I don't know what's up with it. You had Landry this past weekend who had. Three to four different passes thrown to him that were, I mean, they were in his hands. You and I both know, as a receiver, if they hit your hands, you need to catch it, no matter what. And he he dropped them. And, you know, a couple of those were first downs or touchdown worthy. So, you know, the fact that, man, I'm getting aggravated about it again. But, you know, it's an aggravating thing to see when you know that damn well that these receivers go out here each and every week trying to get better. And it just seems like it it just seemed like they weren't trying at all. And now, in all fairness to OBJ this past weekend, he was only targeted once. And that's it. So but I mean I I get the fact fair, watching the game I didn't see him open much. I, he was. He was open. He was. There was a there was a couple plays where he he rode the sideline with the cornerback and the cornerback would trail off go towards the middle and OBJ was just still straight wide open hand to, in well, the air. I would have to go back on my game pass and watch the game um, because I mean you know at first look I was like man there, I mean but also. I didn't think Baker played that well. And I don't think the line gave him a lot of time either. Um, well, the I, one I thing like that they did. Game, the, the net game, it felt like the offense for Cleveland never got going. 
And the reason I felt like it did that was because I don't think Cleveland ran the football well. No, the first half, it was non-existent. They did not run more than maybe five times. Maybe. Yeah. And Cleveland's one team, man. I mean, you got to – that is a team, and Baker is – and I will give Baker this. When they do this well, he's pretty good at quarterback, and this is what got him to their la- to the playoffs last year. You run Nick Chubb, you run Nick Chubb, you run Nick Chubb, get the box stacked, play action, and then you hit like an OBJ or Jarvis on an underneath route. That's what got him there. Baker is right. a really, really good play-action quarterback. But yeah. if he has to drop back and try to make throws, it just ain't there for him this year. And I, 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 I and honestly, Pat, I, I, unless they can go get Aaron Rodgers and then hit the market, um, you might be seeing Baker get franchised, either franchised yeah. or the money con, like not a high money, but yeah. a money. Because, yeah. because quite honestly, there, draft wise, there's no one there. Like, let's just be yeah. – there's no one there. Yeah. Um, and Well, you want my honest opinion about this Browns team right now? Yeah. I think for the next year to t- maybe two, three years, the window is shut. I think the window's shut. I you don't think, think it's shut? I think it's shut. I don't think Baker's the guy. I think you have too much of a distraction when it comes to OBJ and the trade and the, the fact of his dad getting involved like Lamar Ball. Um, but like you said, unless, unless you go out and get like an Aaron Rodgers and free agency somehow, some way, you pull, you pull a rabbit out of a hat. I'd say one to two years, that, you know, this window's closed for at least one to two years. I don't think Baker's uh, the guy. I don't think he's the guy, but I don't think it's as close as you think. I still think it's somewhat open because of the name you threw out. But also, they can honestly go and make a pitch for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's and, – and I think Aaron Rodgers – because he's going to want to go somewhere they can win now. Yeah. And that's a, that's a passionate fan base, and that's a team that can win now. And that, honestly, if Aaron Rodgers was on that team right now, uh, you would not be sitting at four and four, but more like, you know, uh, six and two. Um, Absolutely. But if you look back, I mean, let me look, let me pull up the Browns games here. I mean, I have them, uh, the, the, them pulled up on ESPN here. And if you look at, if you look at the Browns season, right? You lose a you you lose you had a you lost a come from behind game against Kansas City, yeah. And then you lose the Chargers by five. Really, the only blowout you had throughout the whole year was Arizona. Yeah, and that was without Nick Chubb. Um, Cream Hunt only had sixty six yards on the ground. Your leading receiver was uh, Peoples Jones with one on one. Yeah, it's not like they're getting blown out in these games. In fact. I think the reason why, as a Browns fan, you feel like the season's over almost, right, is mm-hmm. because of the division you're in. Right. It's your last division. division with a 4-4 four four record, right? I mean, you still have the Bengals coming up this weekend. You have New England, who's not bad. You still got Baltimore twice. You've had Vegas, Green Bay. 
if they're not careful, they'll miss the playoffs. I think I think I legit think the Browns missed the playoffs this year. I do. I, I mean, think this is a seven win team. Well, they're gonna win more than three games, I think. I think they go I think they go and beat Detroit. I think they I I, I do think they get Pittsburgh on the road. Um and I I don't know. I I think so. I, I you mean to tell me they're gonna go six and eleven? Seven and ten. I, I I think seven and ten. I really do because uh, the only ones I see us winning is uh, let's see the Lions and uh, okay, fine. I, I'll give you the Steelers. I, I you know we get, we came close. So I'll give you that one. So Lions, uh, uh, Lions, Steelers, and and honestly. Cleveland cost themselves in that game. But they did. Oh, Pittsburgh times. didn't do anything special to, to beat them. Cleveland just did not play well Sunday. Yeah. And by the way, Kevin Stefanski, quit going for it on every fourth down. It's not just him. I know, it's but you just need him. to learn to learn about the coaches in the league. I get that, but man, you need to learn how to make a damn field goal. You got McLaughlin. I eleven for twelve. We might have the first ever 0-17 team this year in the Lions. They're terrible. Forty-four <laughs> the Eagles. I mean, and listen to their schedule. You got Pittsburgh this week, loss. Cleveland, loss. Bears, loss. Vikings, loss. Broncos, loss. Cardinals, loss. Falcons, loss. Seahawks, loss. Packers, loss. <laughs> Poor Lions fans, man. Oh, and 17. The first year that you have 17 games, you go 0 and 17. I mean, suddenly I feel better about the Browns. I mean, mean, honestly, the only hope they got is Atlanta. Honestly, that's the only hope. If Atlanta has a bad day, but even then, I doubt it. I I doubt it. I mean, you just lost to Philly, who has not been very good. Like, they've been okay at best, 44-6. To the point to where they had like three different starting quarterbacks in at one point. <laughs> it did. It got bad. It got bad and quick. But going back to your opinion about Aaron Rodgers, if he goes to Cleveland right now, then yeah, you're right. This is a six-win football team right now. You know they're six and two. But. That's a bit far-fetched for them to go out there and get someone like Aaron Rodgers right now. I just found an interesting article on ESPN, and I'm kind of clicking through it. I don't know. Yeah, I would agree with this. So on ESPN, it was while I was looking at the Lions schedule and, you know, thinking of the 0-17 possibility they are facing. Yeah. Um, is an article. I'm going to see who it's written by. Give them credit. Uh, it doesn't say who it's written by. It's on ESPN. Um, and it's the Achilles heel. NFL power rankings, 1 through 32 poll, plus each team's biggest weakness going forward. Mm. Obviously, Green Bay is number one in power rankings. Let's see. 
I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling some more, scrolling some more. All right, so Cleveland comes in at 16, Pat. Okay. And their previous ranking the week before was number 12. And their biggest weakness is actually the passing attack. Big surprise. So, and uh, Jake Trotter is the one that wrote the article on it. And again, I mean, oh, that don't surprise me. What, Jake Trotter? Yes. Well, I mean, hey, the fact that they're number 16 in the power rankings is actually something, because I wouldn't have them in the top 20. Um, well, I wouldn't either. But let me keep scrolling to find the Jags. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hey, no, wait a minute. There they are. They're still in the – oh, yeah, we're still out of the 30s. Yes. <laughs> what are you, 28? 29. <laughs> Who's behind oh. you, Dolphins and Dolphins and Jets? Dolphins, Houston, and Lions. The Jets are actually in front of us this week. Oh, they did win. Yeah, they did win with Mike White. This is the most depressing stat. Our our biggest heel, of course, is the passing defense. And this is a stat that I really didn't know about until just now. The opposing quarterbacks against Jacksonville this year, four times in seven games, have a lot have give have accumulated over 300 passing yards, and the four are these: Teddy Bridgewater, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, and Tua Tagovailoa. Two people, two of the four won't even have starting jobs come next season. Mm-mm. No, but here's the worst stat. Each quarterback has a 74% completion percentage against Jacksonville. Really? And it's not, and by the way, Pat, if you're wondering, it's not Dinkin and Duncan. It's not me and you and your uncle in the backyard. This is all average attempt of eight yards per pass. Eight to nine yards. In fact, they said 8.94 per attempt. Yeah. What are we doing in Jacksonville? I don't know. I would like to say yeah. this. If if we were to press record at about 7.30 Sunday night, you would have got an hour episode of me just ripping into the defense. That was the most pathetic appearance I've seen in Jacksonville in a long time. But, yeah, I digress. Well, you know, you got that one win this year. That's I won't say it's better than nothing, but it kind of is better than nothing. <laughs> Well, I don't know. You still see a lot of people putting Urban on the hot seat, but it's his first year. I don't on the hot seat. Everyone needs to quit it with that. I know. Urban, I don't, under, I don't understand that. Here's the thing with Urban. People are so quick to judge Urban, right? Mm. Mm. But he acquired a 1-15 roster. Yeah. That's it. I mean, you acquired a 1-15 roster. Um, who the year before finished, I believe, five and eleven, six and ten. Come on, like they weren't gonna go to playoffs. They weren't gonna go seven and ten. No, might win two or four games, and and we'll be guess what? We'll be elated. We'll be like the Who's in Whoville, celebrating on the singing the song of Chumbaya whenever they do win their third or fourth game. Yeah. 
next year, if, now I will say this, if next year they look like this, maybe. Yeah. But right now, no, he didn't, he doesn't need to be on the hot seat at all. No, no. It, but you know what, you know what's sparking that is because one, it's Urban Meyer and two, there were some ridiculous calls in that game to where, and it wasn't even play calls. 12 men on the field. This is how atrocious this was. We got penalized. It was like third or fourth quarter, penalized. 12 men on the field. All right. They mark it off. Place the ball. We had to call a timeout. You know why we had to call a timeout? Because there were still 12 guys on the field. <laughs> yeah, that's – I don't know. It's stuff like that. Why I think people are saying he's on the hot seat because right. those are embarrassing. Those are embarrassing. It I, is, especially the fact after you got the penalty, you have to call timeout because it was going to happen. I don't even have that problem with my JV offense. Yeah, it's because it's easy. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. All right, yeah, we got eleven. You just count. That's all you got to do. It's, I mean, nobody you know, counted. It's, if it accidentally happens, you get the penalty, okay. But the fact that you got penalized and there's still 12 guys on the field, you had to waste the timeout. It's stuff like that. And right. So, I don't know. Like, I'm not on the hot seat for Urban Train, but I do see why people are aggravated. Oh, I'd be aggravated too, but, you know, like you said, he inherited a 1-15 in team. It's not like they had – expectations of playoffs or Super Bowl this year. There's just there's just no way. I mean, this isn't college football to where you can go in there and get your recruits and immediately get to work and have a stellar year and you're in the playoffs. It's different. It's totally different. So the fact that people have him already on the hot seat just for the sheer fact of well, it's Urban Meyer. You know, he should have been better than this. No. No, that that doesn't make any damn sense. No, there's plenty it, of coaches who need to be on the hot seat, but he's not one of them. And in fact, Pat, I mean, look, we had two bad showings. I mean, let's just be week one and this week was probably the worst showings I've seen in a long time for well this season for Jacksonville. All of twenty nine, uh, twenty twenty was pretty atrocious. Yeah. Um, but if you look about it, I mean, Jacksonville almost beat Arizona. They almost beat Cincinnati. They they could have beaten Tennessee if they didn't get, you know, the referees involved. Um, there's three wins left on the yep. table, but you can't excuse it. I, I'm no. so sick and tired every week. I will say this. Last year, I was sick of Doug Marone saying we're going to get back to work, and I was sick of Todd Wash saying we got to get off the grass. No shit. We got to get off the grass on defense. We got to get off the field and not let them drive 70 yards to score. <laughs> this year for me, it's we're going to keep getting better. I don't want to hear that no more. No. Obviously, we hope you're going to keep getting better. We hope. That's insinuated. Yeah, this this, this, this goes to the job. I mean, at this point, just get 11 guys on the field on the first try, and we're doing better than we did last week. <laughs> I mean, it, look, when honestly, when Trevor Lawrence says it, it's like, you know what? Yeah, you're a rookie quarterback. Your Your goal is to get better every week. And you had a bad right. game last week. But week after week after week, we're going to keep getting better. Guess what? The only way to get better now in the NFL, especially, you know, seven games in, is winning football games. Right. And right. 
and that, that's after you won your first one. Look, getting better, getting better was acceptable to I don't know Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati was your last acceptable one because guess what? You blew a fourteen point lead against mm-hmm. a pretty good team, five win football team right now, leading the division. Sure. Yeah, but after that game, the only way you could have got better was to win. True. And you won in London. I took a victory tequila shot. He did. I will vouch for that. But two weeks later, I'm on the douse tequila and drink beer all night because of the performance I saw. Yeah, it was a different reason. Unfortunately, it was a different reason. But, but I will complain. I will get embarrassed. I will cry almost. I'll, I will sit on my couch and wondering what's going on sometimes with my television screen. But guess what? It's not about 2021, fellas. Yeah. It's not. It's about next year. True. And let me rant about coming up. We need a pass. We need a number one receiver. We ain't got one. No. Chark's injured for the year. He wasn't even number one. Chark, Chark is not a number one receiver. I've, I've already made up my mind. He's not a number one. Okay. If I am Trent Balky, and if I am Urban Meyer... I am taking over $40 million in cat space. I am going right to Devontae Adams' front doorstep, knocking on the door, and giving him the largest contract that anybody – whatever they offer, I'll give you $1 or $2 or even a million more. Yeah, you might have to show up with a basket of mini muffins too. I don't care what it takes. Could yeah, you imagine if Adams came to Jacksonville and was with Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, well, you definitely need a number one receiver. That, that's and that's, yeah, that's that's number one. That's the best number one hit the market. And okay, and in the first round, guess what? You already got your number one receiver. So then you can yeah. focus on getting an edge rusher that can actually, I don't know, it's a great thing. Rush the passer. <laughs> it's an amazing concept, isn't it? When it works. Now, Josh Allen did have a decent game. He had two sacks. Yeah. And I think Dewan Smooth's pretty good. And Josh Allen's good. But guess what? We need someone on the opposite side of Josh Allen. Kayvon Chason is not the guy they thought he was. Mm-mm. No, I remember you raving about him, too. And you were kind of excited to get him. Me, personally, if I was running the team, I would be getting a middle linebacker. Actually, we need two middle linebackers. And then move Miles Jack to the outside linebacker in the 3-4. Yeah. That's just yeah. me. I think Miles could rush the passer. I think so, too. He's got, you know, he, he's built for that. I mean, he, it looks like he's got quite a bit of speed to him to where he could definitely get, you know, a little bit better with the agility and get through there and, you know, definitely be – um, well versed with it over time, but I do think that you definitely need to go out and get you a uh, a number one receiver for sure. I don't think it'll be OBJ just because of the fact of everything that's going on with Cleveland. Everybody's seeing it and they're like, eh, well, maybe not. And the contract. So OBJ is out, I think. Oh, I do too. But Pat. Within the last 20 minutes, we didn't think uh, we would get these rankings early, but uh, we talked a lot of NFL, almost 40 minutes worth. 
Um, and we by did. the time this podcast dropped, it'll be Wednesday by the time people are listening to this. So would you like to hear the college football rankings? I will, I will read them to you. Absolutely. What and the reason I'm bringing it up early because literally when I when when I got the alert and I looked, my jaw literally dropped to the floor. If you if you were on the Skype call and you would see my jaw and just go like, Oh my I gosh! Cool. What? I am sick. By the way, I Where's... agree with these rankings. I agree. Really? I agree. Okay. Okay. I'm so, I'm curious. Where let me we? Make a bold, let me make a bold prediction real quick before you read them. What's your bold prediction? Cincinnati is not top four. You would be correct, sir. In fact, they're not in top five. Really? They are sitting at number six. Michigan State's above them, aren't they? Michigan State, your Sparty, your Spartans out there, big win, comes in number three. Okay, number th- sure. Okay, number three. All right, who you got at five? Ohio State. Really? Ohio State at five. Okay. But all right, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to name a team off the top of your head. Uh huh. And I'll tell you, and then I want you to give where you think they are ranked, and I'll tell okay. you if you like. I'm going to go easy real quick. I'm going to go easy. Number one, Georgia. Obviously. Obviously. Dude, Georgia laid the absolute beating on Florida Saturday. Oh, it was a smackdown that you wanted to see. In fact, I called, you know, our our, uh, dear friend, Robbie, um, and I was like, like, did you watch the Florida-Georgia game? And she said, yeah, turn it on. It's all 17-0 left and turn it off. (laughs) Sounds about right. (laughs) Sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, going into that game, you had a little bit of hope before. Like, well, it's a rivalry game. Maybe they'll get it done. No. The answer, short, sweet, no. So, Georgia, one. Two. This Uh, one's obvious. I think you should get this one pretty early. I want to say Bama. Yeah, Bama, too. Yeah. I mean, Bama has one loss, and it was a close loss to Texas A&M. But, man. It's hard to take about. They did beat Ole Miss. They did. They did beat. They they are a good team. I mean, it's we can't complicate this too much. You you can't take out a one loss Alabama. I mean, God you no. Because guess what? You put them on a field against anybody, they're winning. Yeah, except anybody except for Texas A and M. Yeah, but there is such a thing as anybody can win any single yeah, day. I get that, and that was probably one of those lightning in a bottle. It came down to the last, few, the last play of the game, and it was it and honestly, it was at Texas A&M neutral field. Bama wins. Oh yeah, yeah. So we got and you're one and two. Two for two. Huh? two for two. Two for two. Okay. Three was Michigan State, like we already said. Yep. <laughs> I'll get back to that one here in a minute. For Oklahoma. No. Who's four? What's that? Four. Number four is going to surprise you a little bit. Who? Let's just say they reside in the Pac-12. Oh my god. 
And the Mighty Ducks of Oregon are at number four. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So you're telling me. You're telling me that a one loss Oregon who barely beat UCLA is but, better than Oklahoma with Williams at quarterback. Yes. I, I actually agree with that. I don't know about that. I think mean, Oklahoma would Well, win, because but. Williams at quarterback barely beat I mean they 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 barely beat Kansas. They barely, barely beat Kansas. Beat. Exactly, Pat. They barely beat Kansas. Oregon. Yeah, by point. the way, the only loss was to Stanford, which I think was because of bad call. That was not that was not a passing interference. <laughs> Man, you were watching that. I, I remember that was that. not a yes. passing. And if they didn't have that passing interference, the game was over. Yeah. The game Oregon was over. would still be undefeated, and we wouldn't be having this conversation. Exactly. We, we exactly. would just be like, "Oh, okay, Oregon." And by the way, that was a awful call. They were letting them play the whole game aggressive. The last play of the game, they threw the flag. And remember, when I looked at you, you said, yeah, that's a pass interference. What was my next sentence to you? Oh, man, I don't remember. That was long ago. It was. I it, I was like, I would normally agree with you, but the fact that they were letting them do that earlier in the game, the term is that they shouldn't have called it there. That's why it was a bad call. Right. I remember that. I remember that. And you are right, you know, it, was it pass interference? Sure. You can make an argument. You could make an argument that it was. You can make an argument either way, but the fact I agree with you, the fact that, you know, they hadn't been calling it all game and they just all of a sudden magically Oh yeah. Huh, that I guess that is in the rule book. Here's your flag. And the fact that it was the last play of the game. Yeah. It was I, it I wouldn't say it was an obvious it was go, pretty, but, it was pretty let's just say it was eye opening. Like, yeah, it oh. was. Really, but yeah. So a lot point. of these, a lot of these calls from these referees this season, college and pro, have been coincidental. Awful. I say coincidental. I mean, I've tweeted at NFL to say your rules stink. I saw that the pass, the roughing the passer one is awful. I mean, the one with Chase Young. I don't know if you remember Terrible. that one or not. Terrible. Terrible, Terrible call. It, it didn't but, even go to the ground. But anyway. Let's get back to the game at, te- at hand. So, obviously, at five, mm. he said Ohio State. At five on Ohio State. and Cincinnati comes in at six. Cincinnati so was six, yeah. Name another team and, y'all, and guess where they ranked, and I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, Wake Forest at eight. No. Seven? No. Low? Oh, my gosh. Okay. You're close. They're in, the top they're, 10? they're in the top ten. They're number nine. They're number nine. They're, and, they're, they're they're not, that's where they should be right now. I mean, that's they, respectable. I mean, they had that high scoring affair. I think it was with Army. I mean, yeah. nine. Ooh. seventy points. That I think if they didn't let Army score as many as they did, I think they'd be higher. But the fact that Army scored like forty-two. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem with a team like Army, though, man. They're really good at what they do. They don't really win. Yeah, but forty-two points, dude. Like, not a lot of teams run that kind of offense. It's hard to cover it. It's hard to, yeah, I know, but it's hard to score forty-two with a triple option. True, but then they answered by scoring (laughs) seventy-two. Yeah, but the but that says more about Army than Wake Forest offense. I mean, 
It, it does. It does. It just means Wake Forest went out there and just had a field day with no care in the world. Their offense ain't bad. Wake Forest no. offense is pretty decent. It's their defense after letting Army score 42, which is like, oh, maybe that was not a good outing for you. Um, all right, so another team. Another team. Okay. Um, uh, let's go uh, top 10. Man, it's so sporadic so far. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, okay. Let's go. Let's go uh, Penn State. Okay, so the Penn State Nittany Lions are nowhere to be found. Unranked. All right, then. Never mind. Okay. Um, Yeah, unranked. Okay. Which surprises me because um, I know you're not going to this team, so I'm going to tell you. Pitt, well, just hold on. To, well, you're not going to guess this team. This is not a – they're not even in the top 20, so I'm going to bring them up. Okay. But the reason I'm shocked by this is because Penn State just battled Ohio State in the horseshoe. Pretty close game. Mm-hmm. There are two losses. I mean, two of the three Penn State losses were Iowa and Ohio State. And they went over time with Illinois. Mm-hmm. Unranked. But at yeah. number 25, they have Pitt, who just lost to Miami this past week yeah. at home, while allowing Van Dyke, a, you know, a freshman, throw for yeah. 450 yards. So that one I don't agree with. Like, how are you going to get beat at home and let a quarter and, – and, and, and let the Miami offense, who has not been really known for scoring this year, score 38 on you, throwing the ball for 450 yards after two of their top two receivers decide to enter the transfer portal. Yeah. And, but they're going to be 25. I don't understand that. I, I honestly don't. I I don't either. I don't really get it either. And, um, and by the way, that game was actually further than it was. I mean, Pitt came back and they scored 14 unanswered. To make it a, the ball game, it was. I mean, it was not that close at one point. No, uh. Uh-uh. Um. All right, back to the thing. Uh, Notre Dame. They're a one-loss team. Yep, one-loss team. Uh, nine. No, 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 eight. Not eight. Repeat that. I didn't hear you. Are they out of the ten? They are at ten. Right on the 10. Oh, they're at 10. Okay, they're at 10. Okay, um, well, I get it. They're a one I think loss some of that is in reputation, too. I honestly do, because their only loss yeah, is Cincinnati. And yeah. look at the, what the rankings are. They show you what Cincinnati, what they think of Cincinnati. They're not a top-four team. Right. And just, I mean, that just proves to them that Cincinnati is not a playoff team. Oh, they're not. I, I, I'm not just saying that. I mean, if you watched their game last week against Tulane, at one point they were only up 21 to 12. Yeah. I mean, it was. It, and that was late in the game. It was like third quarter with like six minutes to go. Like it. Third. Mm. And then the week before they had a battle with Navy. I mean, come on. Like, yeah. it, playoff teams, man, that you're supposed to be dominant in those games. 
You think Georgia's going to go in there and be 21 to 12 to Tulane? My God, no. Bama? No. God, no. Like, no. And, and people are like, well, they, that's just, that's the team on their schedule. I mean, they, at least they won the game. Yeah, but when you're playing against Tulane and Navy and UCF and Tulsa, you gotta win those games big. You gotta make it like, man, these are nothing for us. No yeah. disrespect to any of those opponents, but you're talking about a conference USA. I mean, no, they're, they're American. They're in the American Athletic Conference schedule compared to what the Bama's and the Georgia's face, the Ohio State's face. You gotta yeah. make it, oh man, this is nothing for us. We're ready for the competition. In the last two weeks, I've been like, man, this team is not very good. Yeah. I mean, they, they are moving. They are switching conferences here in a couple of years, which is, you know, good for them. They, they'll have to play. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to seem mean to these other teams and the, the old conference that they're in, but they're going to play better teams. I mean, it's just a fact. Um, I, I foresee them doing decent in the Big 12. I think it'll take a couple of years for them to really, you know, get their running shoes going and uh, up to speed with the likes of, uh, as you know, Oklahoma's leaving as well. So is Texas. I, eh, I'm i still iffy on the Texas one. I don't think they're ready for it, mainly because they're not – I don't say they're not good, but they're very up and down. More so down than up compared to what Texas fans and, quite frankly, what Texas should be. Um, to me, I think it's a great idea for Cincinnati to move out of that conference just for the sheer fact of, you know, we keep saying this over and over, but Cincinnati doesn't play anybody, and they went out here and they scheduled Notre Dame. Good for you. That's that's great. That's what we wanted you to do. Unfortunately, you are still stuck with the same old conference games that you have that don't impress enough. And, you know, this is the unfortunate part about it is you can win these games and be undefeated like you are. But like you said, they're not winning these games by 40 or 50 like they should be if they are indeed a playoff team, which is why I – you know, I love a Cinderella story, but I, I also agree with the fact of this team is just not ready for the playoffs right now. And, you know, when they get into the Big 12 after they, you know, if they keep this momentum going, if they keep the recruits coming in, if Luke Fickle stays, I mean, he's become a hot commodity for some of these uh, universities and colleges looking for a new head football coach. Uh, speaking of which, I want to talk to you about something that I read earlier. Um, I'll do it here in a minute, but for now I'll stick on Cincinnati just to kind of like put it to bed, so to speak. Um, Cincinnati's not a playoff team this year. They're good, yes, but they're not playoff worthy right now. Like I said, once they get into the Big 12, get their get their feet wet, so to speak, in the Big 12 with the recruits, with the coaching, keep it going, play the competition that is in the Big 12, and actually play good competition as opposed to where you're at right now, then, you know, you'll be considered a playoff team. So Hey, speaking of though, Pat, we're taking your favorite football podcast on the road this weekend. We're going to game day, baby. We are. We're going to college game day in Cincinnati. 
Uh, you can see us wearing our uh, beloved masks down there. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna impress a lot of people down there. But um, the wise words of uh, my girlfriend Megan, I told her about our trip, and I was like, "Yeah, we're gonna wear our Beavis and Butthead mask at game day." And her exact words were, "Of course you are." Heather said the same thing. <laughs> She said the same thing. She was like, why does that not surprise me, though? Like, that shouldn't. She's like, well, good point. Yeah. But, um, but let's go back to the game here. We'll talk more about the game day stuff and uh, later on. So let's continue yeah. with the game. And uh, what's another team? Okay. So I thought about this because it, 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 it skipped my mind because they did lose one. Uh, Oklahoma State. I will they say, a, I am very surprised where they have Oklahoma State. Because they are a one-loss team. They have only lost one. Yeah, and I think they might win the Big 12, honestly. They might win they, the Big 12. I think they beat Oklahoma for sure, especially with the way Oklahoma played against Kansas. That's, no. Uh, let's see. 15? No. Higher? Higher. So I'll give you one more guess. Oh, okay, 13. 11. 11. Wow. 11. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a bit. I, th- I was kind of surprised. Surprising. I was. Yeah. And yeah. I don't disagree. I think they are a top 15 team. Um, yeah. Honestly, the, the fun thing about the rankings this year, I mean, if and I'm, I'm going to say this without giving it any away so we can continue this game, but if you look at Georgia at 1, Mm-hmm. Well, even Oregon at four, and then Oklahoma State at one, uh, eleven. Mm-hmm. Everyone in between is right there in the running, and they're all neck and neck. That's what makes this rankings right now so much fun. We really haven't had that in the past. Yeah, no, it's always been a well. We know who the four are going to be, but where's everybody else going? You know, right. Who's going to the Rose Bowl? Who's going to the the Emerald Bowl or whatever? But. This right. year, like you said, it's so it's so unpredictable. Like you have seven and one teams down here in the the twenties. I mean, you don't know. I mean, we really don't know what's going to happen from here on out. And the fact that you've got, <laughs> I mean, to give you, you an know, example, I mean, San Diego State seven and one. Yeah, twenty four. Are they twenty four? They're twenty four. Uh, I mean, all right. Here's the question. Okay. Where where is UTSA? Unranked. Are you kidding me? Unranked. And there ain't there ain't no poor chickens. No love for UTSA. But I call. I'm sorry, and this is no offense to the rankings, but BS on that, dude. BS. If Coastal Carolina could have made it in the top 25 last year, UTSA should be in the top 25 this year, especially when Pitt is coming off a loss. I know I'm making a lot about the Pitt loss, but you lost to Miami. Like, I'm a diehard Miami fan, but that's a 4-4 and Miami team. Mm. And Coastal lost to App State. Yeah. Well, Coastal is not in the top 25 either, so if that makes you feel any better. Coastal's not ranked, so that, 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 yeah, they're not ranked. Well, all right then. 
All right. Um, well, you have teams like Louisiana. I'm not right. Kidding me? They are seven and one. Okay. Houston. Not right. Who's ranked in this thing? Okay. Kentucky. They are ranked, but a lot lower than I think you would expect. How is a two-loss Kentucky? All right. Okay. Are they? Well, their one loss was to Georgia. Well, I get that one. No, I understand that one. You're not winning against Georgia. I mean, let me uh, pull up Kentucky's schedule because honestly, Kentucky's having a pretty good year. They're they only are. they had a disappointing loss this week to Mississippi State, but their they two losses. Man, they're coming back to back losses. Man. Yeah, they are. They are. Actually, Pat, I don't agree with you, man. Their only win this year that stands out is number ten Florida. Who we Florida's four and four now. And then the other marquee win would be LSU, and LSU is not the same team, but they dominated them twenty one. But then they lost yeah. to Georgia thirty to thirteen, and then lost thirty one seventeen. I'm actually with you, Pat. I don't know how uh, Kentucky's ranked right now. Yeah, I, I, where they're at, I don't think they're a top twenty team. No, if you give them like twenty three, sure, that that's fair. That's fair. I even then, no, 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 I can't even say that. If I'm giving crap about Pitt being ranked at twenty five after losing, they lost back to back. They should not be ranked. They shouldn't. A good point. I, I have to be. I have to be consistent. I, I. I'm gonna be consistent. They should not be ranked. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't ask you yet. Where's Michigan? Michigan. Let's just say you'll be surprised. Oh, man, seventeen. Nah, uh, I'm being surprised like more for the shocker rather than the disappointment. Oh, okay. Uh, Let's just say they're not out of the race. 11. Can't be 11. Oregon State's 11. Oh, yeah. Uh, 12. Let's, no, I mean, they're in the race. I mean, if... Nine? I, I mean, even more in the race. <laughs> okay, uh seven? Seven. Pat, we gotta do this every week. Wanna we there. take turns guessing each week. I know. I like this. This this is fun. Racer would have fun with this. Seven. Seven. Man. But to be fair with Michigan, if Michigan State they think number three team, they were there, man. They were up sixteen at one point. Yeah, I guess they were. I mean, that makes I mean, sense. Michigan's not bad, man. This is not the same team. No, they're not. I was telling Race on this earlier today. Uh, Michigan went from what are they doing? Why are they signing Harbaugh to an extension? To okay, I will say the quarterback's still hindering them. They need a quarterback that can go down oh, there. Yeah. Slide the ball. Um, He's not much of an upgrade from Shea Patterson at all. But I will say, I mean, obviously in the predictions episode, I I picked Michigan because I didn't believe in Michigan State. I was wrong. I was – Michigan State under Mel Tucker is totally different. They got swagger back. That team is so – Confidence. Yeah. I mean – I don't know if you watched that game. A little bit. But the thing that caught my attention was the post game. From Mel Tucker. He's on the field. 
He could have easily said, me this, me that. But you know what he said within, like, the first couple sentences? Because huh. they asked they asked Coach Tucker what he felt about the win and what he they think he did for him. And he's like, this isn't about me. Yeah. Man, that, that's what it's about, man. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I mean, when you have a coach that's out here, you know, winning games, and then, uh, you know, when they get interviewed, and, of course, you know, most coaches are going to just be like, oh, yeah, you know, it makes me feel good. We got – like, I got the win, you know, blah, 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 me, me, me. It's really a good thing when the coach – excuse me – when the coach does it as a team win. And he's like, yeah, this isn't about me. It's about the team. You know, these guys played great. And that's, yeah, that's good. That's what you want. I, as far as their ranking in the top four, I'm not going to disagree with it. I mean, they've played well enough. They played Michigan, you know, hard fought battle, obviously. Michigan, like we talked about, is seventh. Um, I think they got the four right. I do think they got the four right. I, you know, we already touched on Cincinnati. Cincinnati's not a playoff team. Um, I don't even think Oklahoma's a playoff team either. But, you know, Michigan State's actually proven to me more than Oklahoma or Cincinnati or even Ohio State or Oregon. That one still surprises me, Oregon being at number four. But, um, yeah, I agree with the uh, the Michigan State ranking at three. They definitely, I don't want to say proved that they belonged, but they made a statement saying, hey, you know, we're good now. This is where we want to be, and we're going to prove it to you. So um, I think, so here, I'm, I'm going to look at Michigan State's um, remaining schedule here. They play Purdue, which is the king of upsets. They play Maryland next after Purdue, and then they go on to play Ohio State at Ohio State. And then they play Penn State. Those, I mean, those are tough games with, you know, Purdue and Ohio State and maybe Penn State, depending. Um. It won't be an easy road, but I think that Michigan State could potentially go undefeated and win the Big Ten championship and go into the college football playoff and, you know, probably make a deep run in the playoff. I say deep run, they probably win the first one and go to the national championship, of course, but, you know. Um, I do, however, think Oregon does not make the playoffs. I think they lose again, whether that be in the regular season, whether it be uh, Pac-12 championship, whoever they may play. Right now it's looking like it's either UCLA or Arizona State. Um, but, yeah, the top four definitely – they definitely got it right. Like, with the exception of Oregon, you can go back and forth on it. But over and above all, I think they got it right with the four. Um, but I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Tuesday. Well, we're recording, recording on a Tuesday. It drops on Wednesdays now. 
Um, gives me time to listen to it and edit it and whatnot. Um, but I think that's going to do it for us. And until next time, that'll be, that'll be it from us. So I'm James and that was Pat. We'll see you here next time on your favorite football podcast.